to Trek Companion. This is episode 134. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Enterprise. I'm still enjoying saying that. Star Trek Enterprise's third season episodes, Rajin, Impulse, and Exile. Rajin, Season 3, Episode 4, Production Number 304. Original air date, October 1st, 2003. Directed by Mike Viger. Story by Paul Brown and Brent V. Friedman. Teleplay by Brent V. Friedman and Chris Black. Music composed by Paul Belergen. Guest cast include Nikita Ager as Rajin, Tucker Smallwood as Zindi Primate Counselor, Randy Oglesby as Degra, Rick Worthy as Jinnar, Scott McDonald as Commander Dolem, Steve Larson as Jod, Del Yount as Barat, B.K. Kennelly as Alien Merchant, and Ken Lally as Lieutenant Taylor. Seeking the formula for a compound to reinforce its hull against spatial anomalies, Captain Archer leads an away team to meet with Barat Etu, a chemist who they have met before. After bartering, he sells them the formula for a liquid terrellium D and also informs them that the Zindi recently visited a merchant nearby. Archer meets the merchant, a slaver who tries to sell him a female called Rajin. Archer refuses and leaves, but Rajin chases after him. The only thing I can tell you is that you're in danger. Care to be a little more specific? If I say anything else, they'll kill me. Who? The Zindi? <laughs> the episode we watched for today's conversation... I don't know. It felt like, they all felt like a bit of a slog to me, um, but uh, let's take them one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rajin has has problems. I think um, you know by the end of the episode, <laughs> even if we just skip the whole the basic structure. Um, this this woman and what she does kind of infiltrate the crew and and all the sexy um, you know archers <laughs> archers got her near the end he's got her in the brig you know and and then the reptilian species are attacking and and I just started thinking you know if, if the Zimbi can so easily board Enterprise <laughs> why go to this crazy elaborate deception with Rajin anyway mm-hmm. um why not just kidnap a human? Or if why not just take Enterprise completely anyway? I don't. Yeah. It's just I don't know. The whole thing is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. And even okay, even if even if it was a question of keep trying to keep the Zindi, you know, uh, hidden, um, having a woman infiltrate their crew is still um, much more risky than just kidnapping someone and and i assume that would yield you know actually having a live specimen would be better than the best scan anyway why not just kidnap if you, you obviously knew they were going to be on this planet because you had this woman waiting there why not just kidnap one of them on the planet you know trip was alone with that chemist for quite a while <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know it's just the, it's it's the i've talked about this before but it's the hitchcock refrigerator logic thing you know um you know and, and it may be if it's better, then you don't start thinking about this stuff until later at most, you know, if you do it all. Mm-hmm. But there were just so many things in the episode that I was like, really? Come on. 
I don't know. And this is another one of those where it had all these scenes. And, and you know, guys, tell me if I'm full of crap here. But this is another one where it had had those scenes that I'm like, I don't know if I'd like for my family to walk in on me while I'm watching this scene, you know? <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I try not to overthink this stuff. If it's fun, let it be fun. You know, we had one. I don't know. I was thinking about the, the, was it Regeneration? The Borg episode of Enterprise, which was the previous season. But, you know, that's one where I just thought it was so much fun that I didn't care about if they were messing, if they were maybe slightly messing with some canon here or there or whatever. I didn't care. It was it was well done and it was fun and it was well executed, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel that way about Rajin. And believe me, folks, I wanted to. I really did. I mean, what was your guys' reaction in no, I definitely see what you're saying there, Brian, about because it, it does kind of seem silly that they could just take Enterprise out whenever they want and they have this argument about whether to do it or not do it. Um, so it's been so long since I've seen this the show. I can't remember if that gets resolved, why they don't actually want to destroy Enterprise. You guys could tell me better. Um, but I definitely see your point about that. Um, I was kind of like you. I kind of wanted to like this episode more because it had an interesting, you know, kind of take slave girl and not the obvious things, but it just, just about Archer. It kind of felt like, kind of like an old, old school, like original series, you know, where yeah, Kirk I would all like the aliens down on that planet. There were a yeah. lot of really cool aliens, the whole setup on the planet was neat. Some right. cool design. I didn't have a problem with the chemist. Even the thing with the, with the slaves at first was fine. Yeah, because, yeah, I kind of had an old, an, like a, to me, an original series kind of feel to it. You know, Kirk, he saves the girl, that kind of thing. That kind of happened several times in the original series. But yeah, I kind of like you, it just kind of fell apart. Like yeah, you it know. It's very obvious, you know, what, what was going on, like, once I gave it away. Right, that's the thing, is that it's so, I mean, you can, it's just, there's not much going for it. I mean, you have that kind of environment. Like, I agree that there was this kind of original series thing initially, um, but but you know you got to have something compelling about something and or unexpected or we haven't seen to if you're going to you know and and it's not and that's not enough i mean i don't think you know we're not you know it's yeah okay she's an attractive woman and oh, okay now she, i get what they're doing there you know she's seducing the crew and it's just it's just dull i mean i you know it's like okay same old crap they're, it's almost like exploit exploitive in some fashion or something when they do that, yeah. and then it's um, well. There's literally two scenes back to back that are the same scene. Yeah, she, she yeah. seduces Hoshi, and then she seduces um, T'Pol. T'Pol. And I don't, and I don't ever feel like I want to save her or anything. You know, it's almost like they want you to to believe that there's just something redeemable about her, and it's like let's not let her be captured or something. And I know they don't want her to get away with information about them too, but you almost feel like. Archer's got a little bit of a you know soft spot in some respect for her, maybe a little bit, but you don't understand why, and I can't, so you can't relate. I don't know. There's just not much going for it, so it just kind of drags on, and it's not interesting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you feel like uh, there's definitely a point there halfway in the episode where you're like, is that it? Yeah. You know. Um. If this had been, if this was, if this show was was a a 21 minute show instead of a 42 minute show, or, you know, <laughs> I think this would have worked. This would have yeah. been fine. This you know? is, um, 
this is uh, so I'd like the B story in Exile more than I like the A story, and I kind of feel the same way about this one. I guess kind of more interested in um, DePaul and Tucker trying to make Trillium D and you know their interactions than I was the actual main focus of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a good thing for the episode, right? When I like the B, <laughs> B story better. I would probably say that too, but I didn't really care for the B story either. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, there's stuff in here. I thought it was interesting at the beginning. We had um, Archer in sick bay, or even more than that, he actually wasn't in his quarters. He woke up or something, a nightmare, or whatever. But stuff that was a reference to the previous episode. You know, he's still recovering. That's something we don't see in Star Trek most of the time. Um, even in this season of Enterprise that has a season-long story arc, we still don't see something as simple as that very often, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I And we've all talked about that we like that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, that was cool. Like I said, I like a lot of the stuff that happened down on the planet. Mm-hmm. The Zindi um, Council was cool. You got to learn a little bit more about them, how they don't get along. Kind yeah, of. I... I I always up. remember thinking that they're they're careful with the Zindi Council. They they don't let them overstay their welcome. You know, they they give us just a little bit, usually at the head and the tail, and that's cool. Um, and yeah, I like the Zindi Council. I, I think I talked about that in the first episode of this season. Um, that I think they were very cool, and um, uh, I like all the disparate species there. And seeing them here is 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 fun. It's neat. And here they have more to do. They're they're more involved with the actual episode than than we've seen in previous episodes, right? Because they actually sent this woman, um, whom I don't think we ever see again, right? That's weird. Like mm-hmm. the way they well, that's sent her before, away. Yeah, that's, that's happened before in this series. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I don't know. You're. You made a weapon that killed seven million people in one shot. You're working on another weapon to destroy an entire planet. Um, trying to find, you know, get a good scan of a human so you can make a good bioweapon. Okay. I don't know. I know it's kind of their plan B, but again, in a stronger episode, I wouldn't be thinking this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, maybe if she had had a stronger relationship to with Archer somehow, like if if there had been some basis for it, yeah. Other than she's blonde, <laughs> I don't know. Um, is there anything? Um, I don't. Know, is there anything in, in that? Did you guys remember this episode at all? Kind of. You did. I didn't. What do you think yeah. is is memorable in it? Well, I think we talked. It's more or less visuals. I mean, I think you know the, the stuff on the planet, the water, the world. planet. You know, the kind of. The I'm pretty sure I saw up. Kevin Costner back in the corner mm. <laughs> drinking or something. <laughs> I mean, one, once they started doing the her seducing the crew, I remember how nonsensical and silly that was. I remember like, oh yeah, this stuff. Yeah, that's when it dropped off for me. I actually was enjoying the episode you, up to that point. Do you think that it, that was supposed to be like 
I don't know, sexually titillating, or was it was it more artistic and serious than that? Well, it had to be. Like, they were going for it to be sexual and stuff. You'd think. I mean, it it was. I thought it was more silly than anything, but I don't know what else they'd be trying to do there. Really, I mean, that's plausible. Yeah, I mean, she she passes her hands carefully around the circles of Depaul's breasts. Right. There might be some nerve endings there that allow the pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, is this a bad episode? It's not the worst one I saw today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> um, it's below average. Below average. Like I said, I, I did enjoy about the first half of this episode. And um, it did, like I said, when, I don't know, when, it, when they revealed who she was, it just seemed silly, you know. I probably starting when she went into Archer's quarters. Probably that's when it kind of dropped off for me quite a bit. But up until that point, I was I was I was I was buying in what what they were trying to do. But yeah, I think it's below average for the series and kind of bad for this third season. Mm-hmm. You know, I I never talk publicly about our podcast numbers uh, for a variety of reasons. But <laughs> uh, the longer we stuck with Enterprise, we. have We've lost about fifteen percent of our listeners. Oh, <laughs> compared wow. to next gen, yeah, yeah. Which DS Nine, next gen. I mean, once we got going, DS Nine, we had very consistent numbers for years, yeah. and then with Enterprise, we've lost about fifteen to eighteen percent of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, well, what but are you gonna do? hey, eighty some odd percent of you are stuck with us. So either you like Enterprise or you like us, or you like, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay. Uh, what is this episode about, guys? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Careful who you rescue. Careful who you trust. I don't know. Um... Give me something. Make it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if if anything, they're maybe going for you know things are not what they seem and be careful but i mean that's such a brief time where you actually don't know what's going on that, that you sure. know it doesn't really sell it it's true i deceived you but the best thing for you is to let me go <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering you know when when he you remember when he opened the cell and he went in there and he stuck his face into her face and it, that was kind of a weird moment for me why didn't she just like touch him again and you know yeah. Yeah, why? And he him. he's so quick to open the door. You know, it's like, shouldn't this be a lot more? I don't know. Shouldn't they be a lot more wary of her and her abilities? I and know. even then, he's like, get a whole team down. Get a whole security team down here. Nobody's taking her anywhere. Was it like three guys in regular? <laughs> Pretty that, much. I guess we don't know how much a team is, I suppose. I guess so. It's just three, it's, it's three regular dudes. <laughs> We're not even the Macom military dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So next time, I think what you need is um, twenty. <laughs> yeah, twenty security teams. Or you know what? Why don't you just bring them, bring her up to the bridge because nobody ever gets up there. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I don't know. Well, I mean, at the, the last time he had someone in the, in the brig, you know, he just put them in an airlock and stuff. I mean, maybe I figured right. he'd just ramp it up, do the airlock routine again. Maybe this time he wouldn't even get them back out. You know. You know, it, it, what he should have done is anticipated, especially especially since those uh, the second <laughs> other ship showed up. I don't know. They should have stuck some kind of tracking thing on her. Mm. 
there you go. Without her, again, without her knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and then let her, let him take her. He was in ang- angry archer mode, though. He couldn't think straight. Or be really evil. One little bomb in yep. her belly. <laughs> she gets near the Zindi Council. Yep. We're all done. Short season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was the blonde hair that saved her, though. Yeah. Okay. Um, See, Brian, you you ended this season twice in the beginning where you said the Zindi could have just blown up the Enterprise or stole all the crew, and now you've ended it. With Enterprise, <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's, either way, it works out. Either way, in this episode, yeah. just one ends the series, I suppose. <laughs> um, all right, let's do six degrees for Rajin. Adam, do you want the title of an episode question or no? No, Steven Steve can have that. Steve, yeah. Del Yount plays the chemist that sells Tucker the formula to create liquid trellium D. In DS9's fourth season, he played Talikia, a freighter captain that gets confronted by Worf's brother in Kern's only appearance on DS9. Name the episode. Uh, yeah. Um. I chose my words carefully to help kind of hint at a title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worf's brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't recall. Adam? You said Warp's brother. Is it self titled? Is it Kern? Is that what Warp's brother's no. name? No. It was Sons of Moog. No, yeah. Oh, okay. Adam. Tucker Smallwood plays the Zindi Primate Counselor. In Voyager's fifth season, he played a simulation of sorts of Admiral Bullock in Starfleet Academy. Of course, Starfleet Academy wasn't actually in the Duelta Quadrant. What species was running this experiment slash simulation? Oh, what the hell are those weird creatures called? Um, I'm going to totally whip on this, like, four, two. Was it, it's a number, right? It's, Yep. I have no idea. Steve? Hmm. Is it um species is it eight four seven two? You are correct. Species eight four seven two. Steve has one. Moving on. I could only get the four in that one. I knew there was four <laughs> in there. <laughs> I didn't know any of the other numbers. Four numbers. Yeah. But there are five lights. Impulse Season 3, Episode 5, Production Number 305. Original air date, October 8, 2003. Directed by David Livingston. Story by Jonathan Fernandez and Terry Metalis. Teleplay by Jonathan Fernandez. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast includes Sean McGowan as Corporal Hawkins. Captain Archer carries Subcommander to Paul into sickbay, where he and Dr. Flock strap her to a bed. She awakens and threatens to kill Archer, and Flock sedates her. A day earlier, Enterprise received a distress call from the Vulcan cruiser Salvea, and upon arrival, they find the ship adrift in an asteroid belt rich with Terillian ore. Archer decides to send a shuttle pod as Enterprise is too big to maneuver among the asteroids. Now I know what you were doing in the command center. What are you talking about? The Zindi star charts. You were analyzing them behind my back, undermining my work. No one's trying to sabotage your work. 
We should all just focus on getting off this ship safely. There might be another way, sir. Impulse. Steve, start us off on Impulse. All right. Um, well, I kind of like this episode. Um, it's certainly memorable. It's uh, action-packed. And, uh, you know, it's it's good. Out here, it's good to see something that um, affects Vulcans more than humans <laughs> for a change. You know, they seem to be invulnerable, you know, to everything. And so that's different. Um and uh, of course, you know, we see we've not the first time by any means that we've seen this kind of thing, but it's always interesting to see to Paul and what happens when you she starts losing control or uh, some of her emotions come through and so on. I thought that was interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like this episode. A lot of um, unusual things in this episode. That teaser. Mm-hmm. I think I read this some somewhere, or maybe it was in the commentary. I don't remember. Somewhere somebody said that's the shortest teaser in Star Trek history. Mm. <laughs> it's like I don't know, fifteen or twenty seconds or something. Um, it's weird to see text, you know, one day earlier kind of text. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many times we've seen anything like that. Um, but I don't know. To an extent, the whole in media's rest whatever, you know, starting in, in in the middle of the action is a little, I don't know, ineffective just because later when I see, the first time I see the Vulcan zombies, I I immediately <laughs> think, okay, I know what's going to happen. In this yeah, episode. yeah. It, it changes slightly in that they get stuck on the ship for a while. Um, but uh, man, that's that's one little thing. I, I think if, if anything, what could have maybe made this episode better would have been if they could have stayed there, stayed, if they didn't have a B story. Um, I mean, the B story was fine, but you know, we've got this, you know, they're, they're, they're barricaded in the zombies are on the other side of the door. And then we cut away to casually flying a shuttle pod, you know? Uh, so it kind of deflates, deflates the action a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, some things I liked, I, I liked the, I liked the look of it. This was a very you know, actually dark episode and all the, you know, the just kind of half-destroyed uh, Vulcan ship and the, the lighting, the strobe little, you know, lights flickering all over the place and all that kind of stuff was cool. Um, I like the... I like the look of the zombie Vulcans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, T'Pol doesn't quite... Well, I guess she wasn't there long enough to, to, to look like that. Mm, right. So <laughs> zombify out? Yeah, um, I was con- the, the the red shirt in this episode. He doesn't die, and I'm like, does he not understand his job? Because <laughs> he flies back with him. So that was disappointing. Mm. <laughs> Brian that, wants death. Yeah. The, the 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 weirdest thing in this episode is the ending, though. That freaky dream where she's attacked by the zombie Vulcans. Yeah, yeah. If that had been right before the last scene, when when Archer sees her in sick bay, that would have been more like what I expect out of an episode of Star Trek, maybe. But to end with that is yeah. just weird. Uh-huh. Like it's like it only works if the next episode picks up right then, and of course it doesn't. So that yeah, because- that is weird. Did you guys think that was weird? Yeah, I thought it was weird because, I mean, I liked Archer's, you know, last line there. I kind of felt like that was a good way to end the episode. Yeah, like an and then, <laughs> yeah, and then you go into this, I'm like, what are they, yeah, it feels almost like a completely different episode because you're like, what are they trying to do here? Or So I, then you I, quickly I, realize what's going on. 
I thought they were just going to do something where, you know, she's in there watching the movie and she's not recovered yet, so she's still a little emotional. Yeah. You know, that would have been an, a time they could have started something with Trip. You know, because it's not like she's somebody she's not. She's just right. lost some inhibitions. She's lost some uh, control of her emotions. Um, they're still her emotions. Adam, do you uh, you like this episode? I know you said there was an episode today that you liked less than the first one we talked about. So is this <laughs> no? It, or is it the uh, next of the three, of the three, I like this one the best. Um, it yeah. was no, I, I'd say it's it's good. I would agree with what all you guys said. It's entertaining, well paced. Um, I noticed the, the lights were uh, were were cool for me too because you kind of feel the claustrophobic feel of so of of them being in this um, abandoned ship. I thought the visuals in this episode were really good. Um, I enjoyed there's the opening scene where Enterprise is flying up to the asteroid field and it's kind of like a really extremely far away shot of just a little small Enterprise coming up to the asteroid field and you know you don't really see you know that kind of shot from Star Trek that often. So I thought that was cool and visuals were good as I said and yeah. I liked that, that the Vulcan ship where it had like sections that were so damaged they looked like I don't know blueprint blueprint drawings or something you know there was just just like the the barest skeleton left in a couple mm-hmm. of sections that that was cool looking um yeah it was nice. there was a little bit of a of a callback to I guess it was the last episode of the previous season or was it the first episode of the this season, whenever we we no, it would have been yeah, it would have been the last episode of the previous season when we when we heard about the Vulcan ship that went into the expanse, um, and then everybody went nutty. And I don't know if we knew then, but we know now that ship was looking for this ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so, you would have to assume they had um, trollium poisoning as well. Yes, uh, and they went they went a different kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, They got Trillian C poisoning. Ah, I see. Um, Jolene is is such a great actress, and it's we. I don't remember thinking that. I mean, I remember liking her character a lot and liking her a lot the first time I saw this show, but I don't remember thinking so so consistently that she is such a good actress. Like, even if you didn't like this episode, she's, you know, she's got to do that whole Vulcan losing control thing, which is not just, you know. It's it's not just losing control. It's a very measured thing. But how do you measure wild? You know, it, mm-hmm. it's and, but she does it and she does it great. She she's she's great. Yeah. She's very very good. She can do anything they they throw at her, and she's always got this. She's always got this sense about her of, you know, of experience far beyond her years. You know, sometimes I'm reminded of. Um, like uh, Dax, you know, on DS9, how mm-hmm. Farrell's performance kind of had to had to be that to an extent, but I think I think Jolene does an even better job with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like she's a hundred years more more old, and she's got that level of experience and carries herself with that. Uh, and in this episode, we see her we see her break down. Uh, 
and you still feel like all of that is there. That's and that reminds me. Side note there too. It's another another fun like you know Trek lore, Trek um, history uh, th- that I talk about enjoying all the time. You know, we find out this was the vessel she served on before she mm-hmm. you know went to um, Earth, and that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think they probably could have done a little bit more with that, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of half expected a little bit more of a relationship with one of the zombie crew members. I mean, I know she knew the doctor, but she didn't seem too broken up about it. He was the engineer. The one oh, the engineer, in- my bad. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but that that takes me to one thing I definitely wanted us to discuss. Um, they are, our Archer destroys a ship with 140 lives on it. He says it's the only way to save T'Pol, um, and these other people can't really be saved. But they've been cruising along <laughs> uh, on mm-hmm. this ship for a long time. Whether they're crazy zombies or what, we, we use the term zombies jokingly. Um, but, you know, zombie really would mean, you know, the, the dead come to life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not what they are right they're they're they had a neurotoxin screw with their brain cells or not their actual brain but like the connection in their brain or something right mm-hmm. you know so they are a little nutty but they're still sentient creatures and he just blew away 140 of them pretty nonchalantly Mm-hmm. Everyone was cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys think anything of this? Was this nothing? Um, no, I didn't disagree with this decision. I mean, what were they supposed to do? The way they kind of had it set up, I mean, you know, the ship's in the middle of a mine, but not minefield, an asteroid belt. They're not going to be able to get to it and get these people really out of there. I mean, you know, they just kind of had it set up for this ship to be destroyed. Um I think what softens it a bit maybe is that not only are they, you know, yeah, we don't get the indication that their condition would eventually just naturally kill them. Well, they'd probably kill each other, but because they're Vulcans, it's, it's like, I don't know that it's like the condition they're in is to them. We know how Vulcans are and it's like almost worse than death or something. And and I think it almost, softens it a bit because of that i don't know yeah but it still wouldn't be i mean archer's making that decision for them isn't he yeah i mean that's it's well, true it's true i'm just well, thinking that's 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 part well, of flocks did tell him it shocking. was irreversible yeah i know i know anyway i didn't have a problem with it i mean it is it is a point and it is something to discuss i think though why it might not seem just i, as I think it's possible is but you know I think that, uh, and I only had a small problem with it, but I found it notable, and I mm-hmm. did have a small problem with it. I think if if Archer had wrestled with it a bit more, then right. I would have been okay with it. Right. But he's nonchalant about it. It feels like, yeah, you know, he's like, don't have a choice. Well, he you did. That, well, he did stun them for a while. I probably, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I would have stunned them as long as, <laughs> as they did with as many as I'm like. Okay, now it's time to start vaporizing these guys. <laughs> What's this? Uh, oh, we did learn one thing I, I wanted to point out. Um, don't let Travis operate the transporter. 
<laughs> right. Travis breaks the transporter. <laughs> What's this episode about? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that we have this theme of the um, how horrific it can be to lose control and to see that it's coming. I mean, for, you know, to Paul, you know, it's got to be the first thing that comes to mind as you go in there and see how everyone's behaving. It's like, Oh, here we go. This is going to happen to me. There's going to be something going on here. But I think beyond that, there's also um, a bit of the notion of um, that if you want to, you know, to be to be tight with your crew, there's sometimes you got to show some vulnerability. And I think, you know, for T'Pol, there's a double layer of losing your composure as a Vulcan, but also I'm going to, you know, be be crazed in front of these people, which is not something, you know, that people would like to keep control are going to be cool with, but ultimately, you know, they still cared about her, wanted to save her life. Ultimately, you know, we learn of course that Archer chooses to hold up on, you know, coding the ship until they can figure out how to protect her, that kind of thing. So. Adam. Yeah, there's that. And then, you know, loyalty to, you know, crewmate, you know, obviously Archer has a lot of loyalty to um, to Paul and he was going to do anything that he could to, to save her. So it's kind of like, you know, that team family aspect that gets reinforced in this episode between those two because, um, um, yeah, kind of agree with Steve too there. It's not quite clear cut and this, to me it wasn't quite as clear cut because exactly what this episode was about what they were trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had a little bit of trouble with it, so I'll agree with a little bit more with Steve. But. Yeah, I, th- I think you guys liked this episode more than I did. I didn't dislike it, but I th- it felt... It felt... It was mostly just cool visuals for me. Most, for the most part, I actually felt like this episode was maybe a, a, a bit more average that, that felt above average given the you know, episodes surrounding sandwiched, it, but, yeah, yeah. It's sandwiched yeah. in between, um, um, not the best episodes. So I'm not going to sit here and say it was my favorite episode of even this season, so, but I mean, I, I'll watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. There wouldn't be one that I would skip. I think, um, I think it could have been scarier. Like I remember that re- I mentioned that Borg episode, that regeneration episode. I thought there were that that episode had genuinely scary moments, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. Um, and uh, you know, if you're going to do this zombie Vulcan thing, I don't know. I think I think that it could have been maybe it was a missed opportunity to do some scares. Uh, you know, it felt like they were more focused on. Uh, to Paul um, and and her losing control, mm-hmm. but that was one thing I was thinking about when I was watching it. You know, because obviously this episode is a break from I don't know whatever you want, whatever you think of regular Star Trek as, is. As mm-hmm. you know, if that's defined by you know the average episode, this this is a break from that in in the the look and the feel of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do six degrees for impulse. I, I don't know why they called it impulse. Why do you think they called it impulse? I don't know. I couldn't hmm. find any documentation about that, and I don't, I don't understand why that was the name. Um, Motion, right, emotional impulse can control our impulses. I don't know. Mm, okay. 
<laughs> uh, Steve has one. Adam does not. <laughs> um, Steve, let's see. Steve got the episode title last time, right? Uh, Adam. Yep. Sean McGowan returns as Corporal Hawkins in this episode. We first saw him three episodes back when Enterprise first encountered a sphere and the ship went all screwy with stuff happening. Name the episode. My emphasis was to give you a hint. It's from the last podcast we did. <laughs> the last podcast. Um, anomaly. You are correct. Steve. Yep. Sorry, but you know none of these people came back, or there really weren't many, yeah. and so it's not our normal six degrees. More of a trivia question: What is the Vulcan ship named after? Mm. I'm trying to remember what the name of the ship is. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. Um, what is it named after? So I I gave Adam a hint. Should I give you a hint or no? Um, it's, it's, give him a hint. Give him a hint. Climb the steps, Jim. Climb the steps. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a mountain on Vulcan, right? You're correct. Mount All right. Salaya. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Three is my favorite movie, folks. Don't forget. All right. Moving on. Exile, Season 3, Episode 6, Production Number 306. Original air date, October 15th, 2003. Directed by Roxanne Dawson, written by Phyllis Strong, music composed by Velton Ray Bunch. Guest cast include Maury Sterling as Tarquin and Philip Boyd as Comm Officer. Examining gravitational anomaly patterns, T'Pol calculates the location of a second sphere within the Delphi, Delphi Expanse similar to one previously seen in Anomaly. An Enterprise diverts course to investigate. Meanwhile, Ensign Sato it reports to Sickbay, Sickbay, explaining to Dr. Phlox that she has been hearing voices and feels like she is being watched. She is later contacted telepathically by Turkonian, an alien that appears in human form. He explains that he can telepathically read objects and suggests that Enterprise bring him part of the weapon used in the attack. I have learned a great deal about the Zindi weapon. I'm sure he'll find the information useful. Thank you for all your help. Have you given any more thought to my offer? I can't stay here. You know that. I understand. Adam, kick us off on Exile. Exile. Well, I'll tell you what I kind of liked about it and wished I saw more of um, was the B story in this episode um, about, um, you know, the spears and the anomalies and target practice at the shuttle pod. Yeah, target practice at the shuttle pod. It would have been kind of cool maybe to see inside the spear. I don't know. I'm just grasping at stuff because I really didn't enjoy the the A plot of this. It kind of annoyed me pretty much from get go. You don't like Uh, Beauty and the Beast? No. Well, it's not even really beauty in the beast. Of course, if anybody else calls Hoshi Sato. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of beauty in the psycho. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could really rail on this, but I'm not going to be that harsh. I just didn't enjoy it. I thought it was contrived and just not well executed, and it felt awkward most of the time watching that that the A story in this episode. You know, but. Like the first episode we talked about today, or in this one, you know, even when they're not good, it's almost always right. It's all—it's always the story or the writing, essentially, right? It's—it's mm-hmm. it's, 
we we take that for granted, but everything else is done. You know, everything else about the show is so great, and it's it's mm-hmm. just it's just the writing. And other shows when they had problems, there were other things. You know, you can call out, especially maybe some performances, especially you know maybe early next gen or whatever, blah blah blah. But that's. That's never the problem here. I think the guest, uh, the guest star, the guy that played, what's the alien's name? I already forgot. Tar- Tarquin or something like that. Tarquin. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was good. I, I thought he had a cool, like his voice was cool, especially mm-hmm. when he was the alien, you know. Um, but even as a human, I, I liked him. I liked his performance. Um, but the, the the writing wasn't wasn't where it needed to be. This the story, it, it felt kind of like the first episode we discussed today. It felt more like. A, a, a good start but you know what what's the drama in this story she sees she sees the the graves outside oh those were your last companions oh you want me to be a companion um yeah i really really want you to no i don't want to no but i really really want you to that was the drama mm-hmm. in this episode yeah I don't know. You know, at first I kind of liked it when she first got there um, before they felt like they had to put some force something sinister in there to to find drama. You know, I, I, I thought their relationship seemed kind of interesting. I, I like Beauty and the Beast stories. Um, but it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't. It just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you it's it's like someone's making a bed or something. Oh, well, you know, you lost you make a beauty and the beast story. I mean, I like beauty and the beast also. Uh there's various incarnations of it, but and I mean, you going going into that, you should be like very skeptical about okay, now how are we going to make this ours and what do we do to make it interesting and different and keep the drama and keep it compelling. And then and like in like you're saying, the specific instance I mean, like, like, like she's really gonna stay. Like, like anything could happen to really compel her to want to stay, even for the ship for very long. Like, barring putting her in a cell or keeping her by force, it's gonna happen. So, what's what's the point? You know? Yeah. Like, let's let's imagine just for a second. What if they really taken it very far? Instead of instead of uh, him doing a crappy job impersonating Archer that she sees through in all of eight seconds, mm-hmm. um, what if they'd given some really compelling reason that she should choose to stay and she has to decide against that? That Maybe that would have been interesting. We know she wasn't going to, but this wasn't even that compelling. Yeah. It really was just... I need I need someone to choose to stay with me for the rest of their natural lives because I live a long time and I'm really lonely. Um, that was it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, there was no. The, the interesting drama would be if she really had to make a choice, you know, mm-hmm. if she really did. Um, heck, even when Archer says we need you to stay, and she briefly thinks it really is Archer, she's just like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that sucks, but okay. Um, so. So Brian, you were you said you were kind of uncomfortable with like your family walking in, you know, on some of the scenes from um, Regine. Um, I'm not wouldn't say I was that com- uncomfortable. I just didn't quite understand why they had um, 
um, Hoshi walking around in her pajamas <laughs> pretty much. I didn't quite get that. I'm like, okay, you know, this guy's kind of creepy. You know, why don't you just stay in your uniform instead of like... Yeah, you question, you, you wonder about his motivation, so she puts on the skimpiest attire she has. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's her, that's her right, but it's almost it's almost either cruel or or they're just... You know they're just playing it up to show her yeah. off on the show, which is what the, what it is. I mean, so yeah. good grief. But yeah, it just just feels weird because it's like, okay, she has no interest in this guy. They pretty much made that clear, and then I got confused. Well, maybe she does, or maybe she doesn't. And then to me, yeah, yeah I read that too about this being a Beauty and the Beast story, but this is it's not at all a Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> God, it's like at the end of Beauty and Beast, they love each other. These two, she she's repulsed by him in more ways than one. So I don't know what she they were trying to She says as much when she's outside, which, by the way, her attire, when, when she's outside, the wind's all blowing. I was just, and they're trying, and they're like, they're having kind of a conversation out there. And I was thinking, God, isn't she cold? Yeah. yeah. It's she like, yeah, you see like hard. frost on the ground and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like seeing these graves is going to be the, the thing that puts you over the top. Yeah. Okay. I'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, why not? Why not at the very least, even though even though you know they're not going to keep her there, or, there's, or even if you can come up with a really good reason to stay, what about you make him a really nice guy, and then you feel really bad for yeah. having to leave or something? Yeah, that's something. Yeah, you know uh, he's going to be alone, but look, I just I can't do it, and no, oh, you know that's your torn or something. Yeah. I actually enjoyed this episode more than the first one we talked about today. It sounds like uh, Adam and I flipped on that, but I'm not saying I liked it or thought it was any good. But <laughs> less bad. Yeah, less I thought it was. I thought one. it was less bad than the first one, um, just because there was briefly some sort of actual dramatic relationship between these two. Yeah, um, and I never felt anything between Rajin and anybody else on Enterprise, honestly. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit fast too. Like when they land, and and he's like. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, help you out with this whole Zindi thing. I just need her to stay. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I uh, thought that was weird, too, that he Ar- would Archer stay alone. Like, Archer should have been... That's creepy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he says something like, that wouldn't be appropriate. But no, no it, that's creepy. Yeah. I don't know who you are. That's creepy. And he lets uh, her stay alone. Why would you, why, I would have had, like, two or three other people stay there. I'd be like, well, okay, it's going to be a party. Yeah. She's not staying here by herself. This guy's got a whole planet to himself. How does that happen? Hmm. I don't know. Um, it's kind of interesting um, when Hoshi tries her hand at telepathy and all that fast editing. Have we ever seen anything like that in an episode of Star Trek? Hmm. I don't ever remember hmm. seeing anything like that. Um, maybe, maybe in a movie, but not an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was kind of neat. I mean, that's the kind of thing that would have been too impractical to attempt. Say, uh, certainly with the original series or next gen, you know, just just technology wise, that kind of cutting would have been. I mean, no, of course not. But that was that was kind of neat. Um, a little weird. She's like. I'm having these visions at the beginning of the episode. I'm having these visions, and then everyone's immediately like, "No, you're not." And, well, Toshi. <laughs> uh, Reed says it. Flock says it. Even Archer kind of says it. It's like, guys, 
at this point, I think you should believe everyone every time they say anything. <laughs> There's something weird going on. I'll bet there is. <laughs> Stop the ship. <laughs> Check it out. Um, It also, I don't know about the end, really. I mean, so he didn't give up any info, and then you just kind of assume, well, he's just a butthole, you know. And so, and then he makes the appearance and then gives her coordinates, which, given that method of him doing what he does, you're hard to understand why how coordinates come into play or anything of the yes, sort. I had a, I had a vision. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, coordinates, yeah. No. We do get to learn more about the spears. That there's what there's fifty of them, at least yeah. fifty. She says. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. And actually, this is the first time. So so uh, Archer. Archer implies. Someone is purposely changing space here. Uh, someone is no, he doesn't exactly say that. Someone is purposely causing these anomalies. Yeah, you know. So that's the first time we've kind of heard that. That explanation. And it was Archer, not uh, not his science officer. <laughs> um, what's this episode about, uh, episode about? Hmm. You're right. Um, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dress warmly on a mountain. If you go there, take a jacket. <laughs> I don't know, uh, gosh. Mm. Have call waiting for telepathy. Um Pizza does not work if you're trying to flirt with Hoshi. I don't know. I can't even come up with some nonsense right now. No. Yeah, I don't have anything what this is about. Um, like, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Sure, let's go. I'll go with that. There's got to be something there. I don't really know what they were trying to do with this episode, what they were trying to say, or what points they were trying to make. Like I said, I got more out of the B story than that did the A. I don't. I don't know that. Any of our three episodes today it seems like we had much for what they were about, really. Um, yeah, yeah. By the standards of our podcast, um, that implies these are not the strongest episodes that don't they don't hold up as well. Right. No, I mean it's rare to kind of get three duds in a row. You know, occasionally we'll get one, or but I feel like we get usually get at least one or two, sometimes three solid episodes. You know, when we do a podcast, but occasionally you get three duds happens yeah and i think there might be an additional level of difficulty i mean i'm not going to make excuses for the writers but when you're you're doing something you haven't you're not used to this whole continuity thing trying to keep up a continuous thing and then trying to make individual episodes and have a unique things in them too i don't know maybe maybe that poses new challenges that, that makes it harder you know It does keep making me think about this new Star Trek show. Mm -hmm. We're all just assuming it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be super super modern and super serial, uh, but who knows? Maybe it won't be. I don't know. Right. Um, 
Anybody been watching X Files? I. Well, hang on. We'll talk. Let's talk about that one second. Let's let's finish okay. up. Here. Let's do six degrees for Exile. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe Steve has two and Adam has one. Yeah, that sounds right. All right. Uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Philip Boyd plays Hoshi's relief comm officer for the second and final time. We last saw him three episodes back when Enterprise encountered Archer, Sato, and Reed as weird bud aliens from a species that hasn't existed in a long time. Name the episode. Hmm. I think I may have tried to repress that whole <laughs> thing. Um, extinction. You are correct. Extinction. extinction. Adam, what is the last thing we see? It was, again, sorry, folks. There's no guest stars and they don't come back. I mean, there's one and he's never on Star Trek again, so not our usual six degrees. What is the last thing we see when Hoshi has her super fast cutting telepathy freakout thing? What's the last thing? What's the last image in there? The last image? Oh, just going to guess Enterprise? No. The Zindi reptilian turning to the camera. I didn't give Steve a chance because you already know. <laughs> Zindi reptilian turning to the camera. Remember? It's kind of creepy. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, One thing I did learn from these three episodes, they need stronger phasers. Or, um, you know, their weapons couldn't kill Vulcan zombies or lizards. Yeah, but they're able to disable their own shuttle pods. That's all you really need. <laughs> no. Really inconsistent. I'm thinking, have, I'm thinking we should have built the weapons stronger than, you know, made them do something more than just break our own stuff. To me, doesn't we, it? Does that, does we that can do that scene, just by assigning Travis to work on it. Is it just me or did that whole scene make Travis look, um, Tucker look stupid? <laughs> but it was I don't know it was it was fine whatever <laughs> uh, you asked about X-Files um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I hope I don't offend any of our listeners but the truth is I was like the only person I know that did not care for X-Files when it was airing and I tried it many times and I never got into it I always I always felt it was a it was kind of I don't know verbose and just throwing lots and lots of dialogue at you really, really fast every time what's his name spoke. And so I I never I, I respected it. I respected that some people were really into it and especially kind of its place in genre television history and as an influential early show. Um but it was never my show. It does seem like everyone always talked about it overstayed its welcome, like they should have gone off the air sooner. Um but uh you know, I totally see. I, hey, if if you were into X Files, then I even even though it seems like the reviews haven't been so stellar for this new comeback, I bet you are tickled pink and more power to you because I love Twenty Four and that came back for half a season last year or the year before last, and uh, I I loved every second of it. <laughs> so, are you watching it? Are you were you into it? Um, yeah, I, I'm. I was one of those people that thought it went too many seasons <clears throat> and the movies weren't that strong, but I really enjoyed the series and I figured I would check it, check it out. The first episode was, Oh, it was terrible. I almost didn't want to keep watching. That's how bad it was. Their wow. whatever their pilot episode, the first one back. Um, but I since kept watching it and they've been pretty good. I mean, you know, I'm, they kind of, it feels like X-Files shows. Hmm. But they kind of have this whole thing. I don't know. I'll let you know when it's all said and done if it was worth the Well, watching. I read an article talking about, you know, it's 
it's not just that making television shows is, is so expensive. That's a big part of it. But the other thing is, the hardest part is is getting shows noticed. You know, because mm-hmm. they're just there's so much television. You know, there's so many shows. The vast majority of shows uh, don't even make it a series, and if they do, they don't last more than a few episodes. Whatever. It's it's so rare for a show for a show to actually be one of the very few, right? Uh, that actually hits and sticks around. Um, and that now, of course, there's even more content. It's not just the other network. It's not just networks. Now it's networks and cable. It's not just networks and cable. Now you got Netflix and Amazon Prime producing shows, and 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 you know Hulu's doing original content. And there's just so much stuff, and it's so hard to get noticed that uh, you know at least this article's point of view was we're going in the future. We're just going to see more and more stuff like X Files right. coming back, right? Because yeah, I'm sure that uh, you know the two leads in that show are incredibly expensive, but so what? They know this show is going to hit. They know it's going to have so many viewers, right? If they're um, advertising. Dollars. They don't even have to do that much advertisement. As long as people know, they just need people to know it's there, and people are they don't you know they don't have to hit the way they do with so much other stuff. So you know, and that's that's one of the reasons we're getting Star Trek coming to that CBS All Access, which I'm not going to complain about. So. You know, that's the world we live in. We get Star Wars Episode uh, Seven. You know, and as long as it's good, nobody's complaining. But, you know, we'll see. Um, you guys heard that really, 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 really fast that like CBS is. I don't know if it's like it's not exactly official. I think it's a it's sponsored CBS Paramount or whatever uh, convention in the same way that you know creation licenses trek so they can do their shows but they're doing like a you know creation has their 50th anniversary show in the first week of august in vegas like they always do um well i mean they always do a show there that at that time but this year is the 50th anniversary of star trek um but they're doing like a different company is doing one with cbs in new york the first week or two of september yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds, there's not a lot of info yet, but it sounds kind of interesting. I, and as I've said, I'm not the biggest fan of creation. Um, I probably couldn't afford the time or money it would take to, you know, uh, fly to New York as opposed to the creation show that's, that's just a few hour drive for me. Um, so, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I probably don't think I would do that, but I'm, I'm definitely going to the creation show. But I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, I, I would be interested to hear. If they really participate in any kind of meaningful way, CBS, I mean, mm-hmm. um, maybe they do some some original something or other. At any rate, we've now got plenty of opportunities for uh, conventions that they could give us new information about the new Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I wouldn't expect anything next month at WonderCon, but you got Comic Con in July, you've got Creations show in August, you've got this show in in in, in September. And well, yeah, you got to think they got to start production probably late summer. Yeah, if they're they're actually going to be air, you know, putting these episodes up in January, yes. So I mean, that you would think that they would be. That's the latest I would think they would start production. Yeah, I mean, they should be. They should have like the pilot written at least and be hiring writers and Mm -hmm. building sets. Right. You know, you would think that's not happening. Uh, I mean, I, I, I. the end of that sentence was by like March or April, 
you know, um, I don't know. Certainly, certainly by the summer, it would have they'd have to be so knee deep into it. So, I would guess we're not far from hearing about that. Certainly by, certainly within six months. Well, so. well, I mean, yeah, they'll probably be like I would. I could see them having possible trailers or stuff like that for the celebrations over the summer. Yeah, maybe that would be cool. That'd be a good fiftieth anniversary present. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, Thank you, my podcasting uh, associates, <laughs> for doing this today. Um, even when I'm watching an episode I don't care for, knowing that we're going to talk about it makes it more bearable. <laughs> um, and to our listeners, thank you so much for spending an hour with us. Um, we really appreciate your listening. Uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks when we come back and do the next three episodes of Enterprise, excuse me, Star Trek Enterprise, um, there are more fun episodes to talk about. Actually, there was one final, final, final thing. Just a bit of trivia I read. Did you guys know that Exile was the first episode of Star Trek to air in high definition? Hmm. I was not they aware. Been, yeah, they had been producing them, but UPN hadn't hadn't flipped the switch until now. Exile was the first episode of, of any Star Trek ever to be aired in high def. So that's kind of neat. Okay. So. Until next time, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Uh, our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. And thank you again. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.